Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Here we are again, old friend. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. What a show, what a show. First of all, any new subscribers, as always, thank you guys for being a part of this thing. You know what we do here at Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Uh, We talk about wrestling from the perspective of a fan. I'm a wrestling fan that actually still enjoys watching WWE. Do I love every episode of Raw? Do I love every episode of SmackDown? No. But do you love every person that you come into contact with? No. Some of them you dislike. But guess what? You're still a good person. You're still a fan of man or woman kind. Not Mick Foley. And that's me. Just a fan and uh, it's my opportunity to talk about it. So uh, we got a lot to go over. Uh, I want to talk to you guys during the break after the interview about a big announcement that I made online concerning the Elimination Chamber kickoff show. Yes. Might we be saying, seeing a familiar face on the kickoff show? Yes. So we'll talk about that. We got a lot to talk about in the state of wrestling as we lead up to Elimination Chamber, talk about Raw, talk about what went on on SmackDown. But before all that, Speaking of SmackDown, we'll talk to a SmackDown superstar. I've been meaning to have Kurt Hawkins uh, on this podcast for a long time. Hawkins, uh, he I knew him, I've known him through a friend of a friend for a while. And I, I think we started to, well, I mean, we knew each other, but I think we started to uh, become buddies a little bit during his time away from WWE. We ended up spending uh, a bunch of time together at uh, shows that Pat Buck was putting on for WrestlePro and PWS at the time. Matter of fact, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he was there for my wrestling debut in that Battle Royal last year. Um, But the reason I've always liked Kurt Hawkins is because of all the time that he's been part of WWE, of all the stuff that he's, all the good stuff, all the bad stuff, uh, getting fired, getting rehired, working the indies for two years. He loves wrestling. He loves WWE. He collects everything. This is a guy who's still like, you know, every now and then will send a text back and forth about action figures. He collects WWE action figures still, just like me. He's a memorabilia hound. And, and, And he spends his time watching the stuff he's just he's a diehard and he's one of those guys that doesn't get talked about really who grew up as a little kid watching this and just was obsessed with wwe so much to the point that he ended up there so i wanted to talk to him about uh you know growing up and watching wrestling and 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 what type of, you know what type of kid what type of wrestling fan he was as a kid uh, his first run in WWE of course the uh, tag team he had with Tyler Rex uh, I want to talk about him going back to the Indies 
the stuff that he did there. I want to talk about the new Kurt Hawkins that we see on SmackDown the, with, with the facts, with the voices, with the funny faces, with the head between the legs. There's a lot to get into in the life of Kurt Hawkins. Uh, and, and he's a guy who the whole time he was out of the WWE because he lives here in New York, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get him on the podcast. It'll just be like whatever, you know, whatever week. Like he, he never had anything particular to promote because he was working every weekend. So, oh boy, somebody left their ringer on. So every week he had something to promote. Whereas I, so so he didn't come to me and say, hey, I need to do the podcast this week. And I was just like, yeah, I'll, we'll get around to it. And then he ends up getting re-signed with WWE. And I go, oh, now it's a whole thing. But it wasn't a whole thing. He still is local. And I just reached out to him and said, we should just do the podcast now. And so we decided to do the podcast now, which brings us to this week here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast and Kurt Hawkins. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. It's about time. Yeah, man. With me in studio, Kurt Hawkins. Feelings are starting to get hurt there a little bit. Kurt Hawkins. What's the haps? <laughs> what is the haps? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I felt like uh, I was meaning to do this for like forever. And then when you were out of WWE, I was like, okay, we'll just get around to it. We'll yeah. do it when we do it. And then you were back in WWE and I was like, oh no, now I'm going to have to go through publicists and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that again. Now there's text me and say, hey, come on by. Yeah, yeah hey, come in the studio. more complicated, but yeah. But you're here now. We're here. We're here. Um, what, what's, what's, where's where's Lindendahl? She's not here today. She doesn't just appear? No, yeah, usually I just like, I just carry her in a bag with yeah. me. You and know, her Undertaker's and, gong and she like appears. <laughs> and she just shows up. She yeah. may be here at some point. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Under a, a little, druid little Easter egg. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your life like right now? Like, what's life like be, what's life like in WWE now? Like, you went through the whole thing, the ups and downs, the I'm a young guy, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here, and then you're here, and then I don't know what I'm doing, and then you're out. And then you don't know what you're going to do, and then you're successful on the indies, and now you're back. Uh, for sure the busiest I've ever been in the yeah. business. Like, comparable to the Edge run that I had, but I'd say even more busy because of the schedule. And uh, I know sometimes it may not seem like that because I'm not on every episode of SmackDown, but I'm always there. Almost always, do at least do the dark match or main event when that was still a SmackDown obligation. And then I'm on the road Saturday, Sunday, Monday at the live events wrestling, so I'm constantly doing something even though i think a lot of fans are like where are you because they only watch smackdown but if you're hitting the live events you're seeing me and you know i'm doing my thing so very, it, very busy are you like one of those guys that when you're when you go to smackdown you're like oh i hope i'm on this show today and i gotta do this and i gotta do that or have you mellowed and been like as long as i, I get to do something i think if you don't think that then there's something wrong with you like, yeah we used to like i can say it and i don't really care like we used to bust balls like jtg would like literally hide in the locker room and just like not want to like for him to be there and we'll get his you know 500 bucks today do nothing and he catering and hide in the locker room was like perfectly fine to him because <laughs> i i understand it and i don't because it's it when you love it so much and like the highs are high and the lows are low oh and, you just want to protect yourself people get checked out i think you know yeah. but i refuse to ever be checked out it's like you know you could give me the worst situation but as long as it's like a match or something or anything on television i'll do anything you know i mean i'll if you tell me I'm on the show, I'm gonna go out there and do do whatever you tell me to, the best of my abilities. You know, I would never not want to participate. How have you protected yourself from the highs and the and the lows? Because like I mean, I've I've that's kind of in any field of entertainment, and I think that 
and it's even more so in wrestling probably because oh, there's so the it's, few it's the spots. It's and for the most part, the people that are there are there because that's what they've wanted to do since they're a little 100%. kid. hundred percent. Like I've literally saw WrestleMania six when I was five, and I've loved wrestling since since then. So, right. Like I wear my heart on my sleeve. So like it's I don't I can't I can't say I deal with it well or not because it's it's so grueling. You know the highs are high and the lows are freaking low, but that's only because you care so much. Yeah. I mean I like what blew me away. And I'm I I'm just gonna say it because you texted me and I didn't know if you wanted it to be public information or not. But when like uh, when I interviewed Finn Balor on the podcast once and we were talking about his action figure, yeah. and you were like, "Yeah, I can't find it either." <laughs> and I was like, I was like, somehow. And this was when you were out of WWE. Yeah. And I'm like, finally, like it made me feel better because you hear about all these guys that go through what they go through and they start fans or 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 guys or girls that start like massive fans mm -hmm. and then they go through it and by the time they're done they don't want to be near wrestling ever again well like okay so if you don't love wrestling then you need to get out of it because it's so difficult yeah you know it's grueling emotionally physically so if you don't love it that makes no sense to partake in it right so i refuse you know i mean i've always loved it and i still love it and i refuse to let go of kind of like that boyhood charm of like why i do this in the first place so right. Like, I refused, like, you know, WWE fired me. I was there for eight years, I was on television, everyone knows who Kurt Hawkins is, like, I'm able to pr provide for my wife and soon-to-be kid because of this, and, like, mm -hmm. go out on the indies and bust my butt and make a name for myself in, in a whole other way, like, that's, like, a privilege, and I feel like holding any kind of, like, bitterness against the WWE was, like, pointless. You yeah, know? yeah. So, yeah, it plus, did like, collect action figures and... I, I buy all the classics and I sporadically like the Finn one was cool as shit, so you gotta get that <laughs> you right. Have so to. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all the paint was real. Yeah, and it was like it looked yeah, cool. Yeah, so you make exceptions here and there, <laughs> but it's it's it, it, if you lose that charm about it, it's like what's the point? But you'd go to show, especially when you were doing indies. Did you go to shows and see people that just even showing up at the indies were not having fun? Oh, hundred percent. And actually, I I got the idea of like that mindset when I was still in the WWE because I would see guys like lingering around the mid card and they're just like checked out and defeated you know and they're or and then i've also seen like friends who i had on the roster that got let go and they kind of just sat home and felt sorry for themselves and I'm like well that's not really accomplishing anything you know like i got fired on thursday i wrestled friday and saturday that weekend wow you know because i was like this, this is great and at the time actually i wasn't doing anything i wasn't even like going on the road so i was like Yes, I'm fired. I get to wrestle this weekend. You know, like it's fine. So do you have to do you like when you get fired? Do you say like okay, like when because you hear like some guys have 30 days they can't do this or 60 mm -hmm. days they can't do that. Like, do you have that conversation where like can I wrestle like right now? Yeah, because Mark Crown called me and he was like, you know, sorry, yada yada. Um, and he's like, you know, the regular things you can't do TV stuff, expect stuff. I said, okay, Mark, I'm going to start wrestling like immediately and like you have to clear the first 90 booking 90 day bookings with them i'm like mm -hmm. i'm gonna be constantly like emailing you th these dates he's like that's fine that's fine just do your thing and that's what i did that's great I just never stopped yeah know? yeah so. and it's good that they did i mean it allows you to kind of it, launch right off it was one of the best things that ever happened to me yeah it was a blessing in disguise well it's like it's like because whether it's positive or negative when you get released there's headlines about you in the wrestling world like that, your name just, like is I, said, I wasn't like i was being paid to like not sit home and not participate which like really hurt my feelings you know i was <laughs> yeah. like borderline depressed about it so like <laughs> they were like no 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 we'll so pay you this is just don't come yeah don't don't you know sporadically come to tv for a year and a half and like i didn't go to i didn't go to wrestlemania 30 and i was on the roster i just like they're like oh no you're not needed i'm like whew, that's bad you know and that was like yeah. the dying days and i was like okay so that like that hurts you know that hurts your feelings so especially wrestlemania where it's like i can't do something at access I mean, yeah, or do like, anything no, like i think that was the first 
Battle Royal, dude. I wasn't even in that. Oh, yeah, the Andre somehow, Battle Royal. Tatsu's in it, and I'm still pissed about it to this day because <laughs> he didn't deserve that shit either. <laughs> so, like, do people who were experiencing that with you, do they look at you now almost enviously? Like, well, I didn't think that if that there would be another run because that's why people get bitter, right? They think it's I, just over. I hope people see it as, a, like, I've set an example. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, I it was two years almost to the date that I was fired and rehired. I didn't talk crap about the company. I said, no, it was great. I lived out my childhood dream and I still am. And I'm still providing for myself because of it. You right. know? And I went out there and I didn't like just, you know, I could show up to these indie shows wearing edge tights and kept my hair long and, you know, half-assed a match for probably the rest of my life. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to bust my ass and prove that I'm one of the best wrestlers in the world. And just know? change your name because you can't use Kurt Harkins yeah, to know, just that, be like, whatever. I'm I re- Edgehead. I, yeah, yeah. I re- <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I reinvented myself and I went at it. Like, And I was like, and I, my whole my sole purpose was to get hired either by WWE or another company in the end, you know? So, right, right. Especially like since you were young. Like, like, it's like you're too. young. Yeah, you now I'm still... back. I'm turning 32 soon, which is crazy to say, and still one of the youngest guys in the roster, which is, and I've been there 10 years. <laughs> right. So you do the math on that. That's <laughs> nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to, to get these spots. So so what was the reason that you weren't working, though? Like, why wouldn't you be on live events? Was it just because I, I, pre-brand split there were I too many guys? I or? don't have an answer for that. I... Um, do you ask like is that a scenario where you go up to somebody and be like, "Look, but it's like you never get a straight answer." So, I don't know. I, to this day I yeah. don't know. I Rex and I worked so hard for a year straight, put over everybody on the roster three times over. Right. Finally out of nowhere, Hunter just pulled us aside and put that stripper gimmick on us, mm-hmm. which Vince to my knowledge was head over heels about. Uh-huh. Like loved it. Mhm. I was taking like private booty dance shaking classes in my off days. Was he asked? Was he, were you asked to do that? Or? I was sent to it, and the WWE paid wow. for it. Yeah. Wow, that's Stuff amazing. Like, like that's how serious this was. It's committed. And then I, another thing to this day, I don't really know exactly what happened. We did summer. We debuted on uh, SmackDown. Then it was SummerSlam 2012, mm-hmm. which we didn't do anything. We were there, and then we drove to the next TV of the Raw, and Rex drove by himself and had some epiphany and just quit in the morning without ever. Telling me, so there was no sort of like you could tell he was kind of over it. Nope, he just figured nope, it out nope. the one day you let him. Just, <laughs> I don't. Like, that's like I when, don't know, man. He that's just like said when it was something that he felt in his heart he needed to do, and it just came like out of nowhere. So I didn't, you know, you can't question somebody when it's like that. You know, I don't, I don't know. Well, plus, I mean, what are you gonna do? Keep I do know he, when he doesn't want to. I, I say he broke up with me, but he really he had, he already come in earlier and like told Hunter and the other people that he'd quit. But then he was like there all day, which I, to this day I think is bizarre. He just kind of like was lingering because then he. We were in, on the West Coast where he could drive home. And uh, so that was Raw. We weren't on Raw, but on SmackDown, we were going to do the stripper thing in firefighter stripper costumes. It's great. And the seamstress lady uh, had told me, like, hey, you got to go get those to get them fitted. And we have to do all the tearaway stuff for it. And I said, okay. She's like, it's on the prop truck. So I'm like, hey, Rex, we got to go get those costumes off the prop truck. Oh, no. So we walk like halfway across this giant arena to the prop truck. I grab this box of stripper firefighter costumes. And he's like, hey, man. I should probably tell you something. No. So, like, I say he broke up with me while I was holding this box of firefighter stripper costumes. He goes, and what did he say to he you? He goes, I came in this morning and I quit. And I was just like, wait, what? And I quit. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And I just like, I got a thousand thoughts going on in my mind, but that's what happened. But anyway. So and then that, once the thoughts all, like, clear up, you're like, why are you here? Why that, are you here? You can't. Why are you here? Everything about it was so bizarre to yeah. me. So my wheels are spinning a million thoughts. I immediately like went and found Hunter and said, "Hey, Johnny Curtis wasn't doing anything at the time." I was like, "Just put me with Johnny Curtis. We'll keep on going. We only did it once. It doesn't matter. We'll just keep rolling." He's like, oh, "I'll think about it." And I, to this day, I 
can almost tell you Shirley that planted the seeds for Fandango because he started dancing in, like, NXT and, like, that was there. And then the very next weekend, I blew my knee out and was, like, never booked again consistently. It was just, like, this uh-huh. wild series of events. Actually, at the time, I blew my knee out in the live event, so then I was at TVs, but I was just, like, getting MRIs that same weekend. Like, yeah. Was, and obviously not booked because I'm hurt. And Arn walked they, – they were just coming out of the meeting, and Arn – I guess they had come up in the meeting, hey, Hawkins got hurt this weekend. And he walked in the locker room, he looked, and he's like, son, if you didn't have bad luck, you'd have no luck at all. <laughs> so, and that was about it. That was, wow. That was the end of me. But then I was still but you hired, never hired for almost two years after that, and I never consistently booked. Like, I was just literally being paid to, like, sit at home, come sometimes. But didn't you do – you did a thing with Tyler Rex later at an indie show. So didn't you talk to him at some point? Um, I explained like, to him, and like – Like, and said, like, why did you do that? Well – What's the point? I you guess know, it was over. You know, I it's guess. Over. Like, why, why harp on it? It's not going to n- accomplish nothing. Um, it's like I, being with a girl that's too pretty for you. Like the guys that are just like, I can't let her out of my sight ever because the minute she gets out of my yeah. sight, she's going to leave me. It just, it just, but it actually I didn't happened. See that sense in, you know, it was already done. Even like for, we go back in time and change it. Even for curiosity's sake, just to be like, yeah, that was a weird. Day, I really don't care. And then I, I'm also a firm believer in like everything happens for a reason. Yeah, and I guess and you're I, in a better place. In my at heart that of hearts, I did not want to be a male stripper. I did not want to. You know, I was going to try my best at it, but. I sucked at it. I didn't really feel comfortable doing it, so yeah. Yeah. it all kind of worked out. Rex did one tag match with me when I got in the indies because I kind of explained to him, like, hey, man, this indie thing's kind of cool. Like, you could come to this autograph sign and get paid to stand there and meet people that, like, genuinely want to meet you and are very nice to you, and, like, it's money. And he's like, oh, okay. And I kind of got him to do a couple things like that. But but he just didn't have it. He just didn't have He didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, it just checked wow. out. You know? Wow. So then what, what was your favorite thing you got to do while you were doing the indies? Man, there's a lot. Because uh, I know I saw a bunch of it. You, you and Kevin Matthews did a ton of stuff like that series. That was, was like so fun. At, at people Buck know shows. about that. And yeah. that. That basically we, Kevin's one of my good buddies in the business. I've known forever, and we had this. You know, people knew we were friends. Started out. I mean, I don't need to tell the whole saga of it, but like, we we started out as like, oh, I have this friendly babyface babyface match. And I turned on, and it led to like months and months of things that culminated in which I don't know how he convinced me of this, but we had a. No ropes barbed wire match. I know how he convinced you of it. It's because you're a kid watching ECW and you're like, I get to be in but a Terry Funk barbed like wire match. That's level. Like, you know, that's not getting hit with a kendo stick. That's like serious commitment to like possibly getting very injured, you know? So, yeah. And I, after I did it, I do kind of understand why some of those hardcore guys do what they do because like you get a rush from having a good match and stuff like that. I always had this like next level adrenaline rush after that, like of like, whoa, like what just happened? Like pretty wild. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I'm glad I did it. I'll never do it again, but it was cool. <laughs> but it was and to, yeah to knock it out once. Um, it was weird. Like I wish I thought of it, and he's a genius for doing. It, but Cody's little list he put out, yeah, I thought was the coolest thing ever. I had that list, but it was like in my head, you know. Right, you didn't make it. And I and to myself, like I I wrestled, I got to wrestle the Young Bucks. I wrestled AJ Styles when he's the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. That's and cool. I went to I did a bola. I. Uh, I wrestled Chris Hero, which was real important to me. Like, um, it was I did so much stuff. But the little TNA run I had was like so yeah. fun, and like you know to be the tag champs, and like it was cool to be there and have like this storyline that had a be- beginning and an end, and we got to do it. And I thought it was like really fun, and getting to know Jeff Jarrett was great. Like, I really like. Uh, did you do everything it. on your head list? I, I like I I guess that's the point of what I was trying to say is that like it, the head list was kind of like accomplished. I couldn't really think of much. That was wasn't there, you know. I wrestled Billy Gunn. I did like like. There's yeah. so many. I could go on and on. You know, I I danced with Scotty Tuhati a couple times. You know, <laughs> like yeah. You know, there's so many things I could tell you about. Like it was nuts because I was literally working every weekend. Yeah. You know? Is that were you surprised at, at at how much work there was for you in the Indies? 
Or did you kind of expect it? Uh, it like, n- yes and no, but it, it's hard work. And, like, I'm hustling and being my own boss and right. businessman and making contacts. And, like, I always my, – my theory with the Indies was, like, okay, I am going to go to these things, be a gentleman, be nice to everybody, and bust my ass. And then mm-hmm. the money – maybe I'm not going to, like – hit them for this big fat payday because the money is going to be in a repeat business and in the long run right. I'll be asked back because I'm great to deal with and I'm going to have a great match and I'm going to elevate their talent and things like that. Yeah. You know, I understood that without being told that and it, it worked. Do you, did you do, you like, when you look at like what you can do in WWE, do you, are you that guy who's like, you know what, I'm just going to keep doing it and maybe one day I'll main event WrestleMania? I want to be the champion. That's I want to be, the, I want to be, I want to prove my worth I, and I, I swear to you, I in my heart of hearts, I'm one of the best wrestlers in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And I tell myself before I go through the curtain every night, no matter if I'm doing a promo and getting kicked by James Ellsworth or having a you know a kick-ass match with Apollo Crews, I'm that's what I think because I believe it. But it's funny because before we did this, you were talking about how much like you had a great time when you did the house show at Madison Square Garden, and it was literally just super kick from James Ellsworth, you're pinned, and that's it. Yeah. Like how 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 does it work mentally where what you want is to main event WrestleMania and be the champion, but it's also super awesome. I mean, to just like that, get okay, kicked in the face. So and that lose. was my job to do that that night. I got in my hometown arena in front of like my wife uh-huh. and my parents, in a place that I had, I had wrestled a few times. And I never felt like I did anything cool there ever. The Garden, like I've had a few matches there, and it's just kind of like whatever. I, I honestly can't even like tell you anything cool about it because mm-hmm. it was never special to me. That was like I felt like my parents text me after you know because we took like a charter for like, like I left right after that and I wasn't even home. And they were like, oh, good job tonight, whatever. And I said, you know, I finally feel like I had a moment in that building. Like, and that was like, right. You know, and it, it doesn't matter that it was like a promo and getting super kicked by James Elroy. What matters was the reaction. The place was electric. Like, I feel like I did what I was supposed to do. I had him in the palm of my hand. The Ellsworth got like you would have thought the freaking rock came out because this was like at the height of like Ellsworth mania. Right. right. It, it was unbelievable. And I was like, this is, this went. Couldn't have went better, right? You know, and that that was our spot on the card, and we did it, I think, to a T. So it's yeah. about the moments and making the absolute. To me, most yeah, helpful. above all, that's come on, that's what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not gonna sit there and be like, "Well, I gotta, I gotta win tonight." No, I, because I, we know why that's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, totally. Um, so, what was your what was your growing up? What was your wrestling name? That's another weird thing. I, I unlike other kids, I never had like this fantasized this like name. You're just gonna be Brian Myers. Just Brian Myers thought like, but that nobody was, was Brian Myers. But like when we were growing up, like nobody had their real names. I know, but I don't know why. Like they had a whole, a whole or, gimmick. There was like I a, think it's half that I was so naive that I just assumed like, well, yeah, that's everyone's real name, you know? <laughs> like yeah, Repo Man, duh. You Dude. know, like I don't, I don't think like I really processed it till like later on, <laughs> the and then it was man. like it was like too far gone, you know? Right, like, crush, right. yeah, his name's Crush, one word, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Dude, Josie's middle name happens I, to be yeah, the dumpster. Yeah. Henry yeah. O. Godwin, no, duh. of course he's gonna be a pig farmer. He's got those initials, duh. <laughs> yeah. he was born to be this. Yeah, no, I really, truly think that's what I thought. So, yeah. So it just never occurred. I just to never you. had that fantasy. And then um, I've said this in other interviews, like I. I don't remember what it was, like maybe an online article, like in the infancy of the internet or something. I saw something with Bret Hart mm-hmm. where he said, don't be a backyard wrestler. It's That's not what we do. So you may think you're doing the right thing, but it's not. This is an art form, blah, 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 blah. And that like stuck with me where I didn't even like mess around with that stuff. I didn't. You were never a backyard wrestler. I didn't really. Because yeah. like now I think it's a little, people know it's a little silly, especially with the amount of schools. Yeah. But when like we were in around high school age, so I'm about the same age as you. Mm-hmm. Everybody was backyard wrestling. I know. Like was, in the late the, 90s. Somehow I, in my head I, I read that thing and I was like, well, if Brett thinks it's ridiculous, then it's ridiculous. It's just so funny. Like I feel like you, were all, you weren't you were one of those 
Did you ever get to a place like when you're like an older teenager or whatever where you're too cool for WWF, WWE, whatever? No, or was not, it always just I like always, mainstream like, thing? It was tough too because like, like, you know, I went through like uh, the early 90s, the Hasbro era of like where like you're a kid and it's acceptable. Yeah. And then like it gets a little hazy. And then Attitude Era, everyone loves wrestling. You're like, this is the best. I don't even have to try. Just right. Everyone likes wrestling. And then like when I got into like high school, it dipped down again. But I was like, I, I stuck tight to it. I just, I just made it up my mind. Like, I don't know. I wasn't going to have it any other way. Yeah, I was always the same way. Like, I would find, like, of course, like, ECW comes out and you fall in love with ECW, but you never yeah. stop it's still watching my, WWE. ECW still is what, like, I live and die by. And, like, I, I've also made up after all these years that wrestling fans are very sentimental. So I think, like, it's like where you are in the time of your life and you see something, it just kind of, like, it stays with you sentimentally. It's like, like forever. music. I guess. Yeah. Same along the same lines. Yeah, and, like, I just feel like ECW has that sentimental vibe to me that, like, I'll never let go of for whatever reason. It always means the most to me. Yeah, I'm you know? the same way. There's just something about it, mm -hmm. like just the way it looks, the way it everything. I think it's, but it's like how impressionable you are. Yeah. at that time, I don't know. Yeah, because you watch it back now, and you're like, I can't take it out of the context of that though. Like I know I'm watching through a nostalgic lens because I'm like, this is still amazing. Yeah. yeah. But like, if somebody's with me, they're like, this isn't. Yeah, and they don't get like, it. The production yeah. value is bad. Like, yeah. And you're like, well. I was like, like I no disrespect, Roddy Piper. I love Roddy Piper, but I missed like. I didn't see like eight mid eighties Roddy Piper live, so I only see in right. retrospect. So it's like hard you saw for WrestleMania me. eight. So Roddy like Piper. my brother, who's like five years old, and he's like Roddy Piper's the best ever. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like oh, he's cool. I saw you know the guy painted his face half black. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I saw that Roddy Piper. I, I it didn't like I and I've relived history and I've seen it all, but it, it's it's a different vibe to me because I didn't live it. So who's your favorite wrestler growing up? Um, it's like Mr. Perfect, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart mixture there so you like the bad guys as a kid that was another weird thing i always like 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 i like those guys but i didn't know why you know? <laughs> right. and then i got older and i'm like oh wow i had like really good taste somehow yeah they were actually they're all like really yeah. good yeah, yeah. like technicians, technicians. like yeah. just the best ever you but know? you weren't like, sitting there as like a kid being like their work rate is phenomenal no no but no i know it was like a subconscious thing that i just somehow figured out when you watch uh uh the vignettes for emelina do you go back to your brother's clay days and be like, I am not going to be the guy who loses to Emelina oh, God, every I week on Raw? No. <laughs> yeah. I, I volunteered for that, actually. For the brother's clay thing? I was, that was right around the time when, when you first started using the cane and everything, right? Yeah, and it was like, oh, this is an opportunity to be on Raw. Who cares? Yeah. People remember to this day, people talk about it. And, like, oh, and you got Brodus? a toy out of it, you right? You got a toy out of it, and I was Brodus. People always say, oh, you were Brodus' first match. Especially because yeah. that was such a swerve because he had those vignettes where he's like a badass, and then, you know, we got what we got. Yeah. But uh, Whose idea was the. I'm assuming. With the cane and all that stuff was your idea, just trying to do something. Yeah. Um, so, like the original NXT, when it was the game show, and then it turned into like a show that. Oh yeah, the uh, when it was on Sci-Fi and it was. And it was it was whatever a bad reality game yeah. show, and then it turned into it was only on like maybe Hulu and yeah. WWE's website. Yeah. Rex and I got put on that, and it was like kind of like free reign. We were like pitch things, and we they would come true, which is like never happens. So we were <laughs> like, okay, and then like we got we're able to do a bunch of stuff. Um, and no one cared. And one one weekend, I wasn't booked per usual, and I like blacked out on watching Brian Pillman matches. Like seriously, like forty eight hours worth. What era? So I bought a compilation DVD of when he turns heel in WCW. Uh huh. All the way to like leaving WCW, all of the ECW stuff to the WWE. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was like it was a quintessential. Loose cannon. It was era. It's, that's what not it's flying. It, right. I know. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's titled. Yeah. Like it's like the loose cannon co collection, basically. Yeah. And then the moment 
when he debuts in ECW, the lights go off and he's just in the middle of the ring holding the cane in the air, like I do. And I just went, I need a cane. <laughs> and I immediately just hit the internet and just trying to find cool canes, and that's where it started. And I thought, like, above all, you know, people go to a wrestling show and be like, I don't know who that guy was, but the guy with the cane was really entertaining. Like, sometimes, like, right. you know, if they don't know who I am, I want them to at least walk away with that, maybe. Well, that's like, like, I, I would always go, like, to shows with my dad, who always, he didn't like wrestling. I mean, he thought, I mean, he thought it was goofy. Like, he didn't hate it, but he just didn't watch it. And he would, like, just get a kick out of it, you that's know? That's kind of my dad is about it, I think. But yeah. he would be the guy who's like, yeah, I like the guy with the cane. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. We I mean, went to, my first wrestling show was SummerSlam 92. Mm-hmm. Which is in Wembley. You, yeah. Yeah, it was, which is. Is that weird? That's so weird. Yeah, it's an amazing first show to yeah. go to. Yeah. But, like, from that point on to this day, if you go, Dad, like, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Nails. Whoa. <laughs> Nails is his favorite wrestler of all time. What? Why? I don't know. He beat he beat Virgil on that show. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. even like <laughs> he just he just beat Virgil. He liked the bright orange jumpsuit. And he I just liked just the whole him. thing. He Man. believed it. He was like, yeah. Wait. That was the Undertaker came out in a hearse. LOD had the gold <laughs> a lot shoulder of, pads. A lot of theatrics of that one. Yeah. But he was like, a million dollar man had the white tux on. Yeah. It was... But my dad was like, Nails is my guy. I was like, all right. That's dad. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I guess another thing about the cane is I kind of like. If people question, I'm like, well, Hacksaw Jim Duggan has had a two by four for 30 plus years, and nobody seems to question that whatsoever. But I can't have a cane. Yeah, and I was like, I can have a cane. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, and so, and then, do you have to? But you just show up to the building, and you're like, hey, is it cool if I bring this cane with me to the ring? Dude, I call it the rib that keeps on ribbing <laughs> that I've done to myself because it's rough, man. Well, how so? So I, uh, I've had about it's the same one, but I've probably had about five over the years now. Uh-huh. So if I'm on a full loop, I got to bring it with me. Like I take it from my home, leave Saturday, you know, connect sometimes, go drive to the show. I use that cane the whole loop. If I'm only going to TVs, I have one stored away in like the props truck that so I don't have to travel that one day with it, which is like a, a gift. Right. But I've been all over the world like three times over with this cane. Does it carry um, it has to be a carry-on, I guess. Well, it, can I ha- you I can have, you have it as a carry-on? I Isn't have, it a weapon? No, I, like I use it like cuz then they'll take it from me if I'm not Oh, so you'll have to limp? Sometimes I just stand there. <laughs> I don't, I don't like work the limp, but I'll just like have it in my hand, so they can't be like, "Why do you have that?" And I can't be like, "Oh, it's a prop for work." And I'm like, "Well, you can't have it." So, right. I just to avoid that. I'm a bad guy, it. pro wrestler. I mean, a handful a of times I've had, "Oh, sir, if you need to pre-board and you know things like that." And in just Spain recently, they took it from me, like super bizarre. They confiscated it. It was they were just like kind of picking on everybody. And they, so, what do you do if they take your cane? They checked it. And I was like, okay, I'm never seeing that again. Yeah. And then we landed where we landed, and it came through on the belt <laughs> with the tag on it. Just us cane bites up with a tag on it. And it wasn't like broken or anything. I was like, okay, wow, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do that one year with WrestleMania chairs. Oh yeah. Whoa. Like I had to check them. Yeah, that's risky. And it was like they weren't in a bag or anything. They just put the sticker on it, and they just came down through the thing. Good condition. No problem. I, I'd, no problem. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be be able to relax in that flight about that. If I <laughs> But do you have to get permission from like uh, from the office or whatever to come to the ring with a cane? At first, I did. Yeah, you know, years ago, and now they just know. It's just do what that. he does. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's you part know. of your thing. Who came up with uh, facts? I don't really have the full story on that. Mm-hmm. Um, to my knowledge, it was, hey, Kurt Hawkins is back. We, you know, and I, I told them right away. I said. I don't want to just like come out and be like Kurt Hawkins is back because no one's gonna really care. I know enough that like there wasn't enough like equity in me to like. <laughs> right. That's good. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, like I'm not delusional yeah. here. Like you know, it's not gonna be like this big like draft surprise and come out you know like in a suit or something. So I was like, uh, I'd like to start fresh, you know. And I think that was on the table. And somebody, 
one of the writers just threw Chuck Norris jokes out there to like Vincent, who had never heard of them. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> from what I heard, he lost his mind laughing at hearing he Chuck Norris him. jokes for the first time in his life. And he's like, do it. Do it. Well, do I mean, it. do good, it immediately. Uh, good on him, because the first time everybody heard that, they were so popular. Yeah, in 2004 or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So I could imagine so, if, but, if, if you hadn't like, heard those before. But like I said, I was looking for a fresh start, so I was looking for anything, so I was grateful for it. And then, and then was it, uh, who, because this is when I was watching the vignettes. I was figuring that you were just trying stuff. Were they in telling you, all right, do this one with your head in between your legs, do oh, this yeah, one with a goofy face? Like, yeah. It really was? In this accent and this and that. There's actually, a, I don't want to drop his name because I don't know if he wants me to, but there's a writer who works with me who's like the man. Yeah. And he's written all my, it's called the God Mike, my entrance. Where yeah. It's like where it's oh, those are great. Yeah. Pre-recorded. Yeah. And he's, he's hilarious. He writes all those and he wrote all those. And they everyone had the position and the voice. And sometimes the voice was like, Something I couldn't handle, and we'd sit there and compromise until it came to something Just like something. something doable, you know. But you show. He'd be like, "Do this in Australian accent." I'm like, "Dude, I've never even attempted that <laughs> in my so, life." But you show up, and they're like, for some reason, they have this idea that like Hawkins does voices. I mean, I mean, what I was told is that hey, Vince wants to see you do these on camera and see if you can handle it. So I took it as a challenge. I was like, yeah. okay, game on." I was, you know, going for it. Right. But some of them, like, come on, dude, I can't, you know. And you just. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm a wrestler, not a trained actor i can like i can only go so far especially like a voice actor or whatever you know like <laughs> an impressionist actor. yeah, yeah. An like i also do christopher walken if yeah, you want know, to do yeah. that oh you want me yeah sure i'll, I'll nail it although if anybody's you listening this to this, de niro got it yeah, yeah. You know, if tough. anybody's listening to this they'll probably have you do a christopher walken at some point great <laughs> what do you uh what's what's been the best part about being back like what have you what that you've done have mm. you liked most <sighs> I don't know. That, I mean, that Ellsworth thing in the garden was really fun. Yeah, it's rewarding. Sort of you know, um, I just I've been like I guess above all like like I said that last time things I don't want to say ended badly, but I wasn't like being booked and used. And now I'm like so, I've never been so busy, so that feels good, and I feel like appreciated. And so I feel like I've always said this, you know, like you can't hit the game winning home run if you're not on the team. And right now I'm right. On, I'm on the team, so that, right. that 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 options there and on the table, and I'm literally trying my hardest at everything that's been handed to me even if it's just the littlest thing you know even if it's make so-and-so look better than he is in a dark match you know i'm gonna do that is it funner now than it was because i feel like for like when i was young i feel like i took a lot of stuff way too seriously and like if i don't make it right now this is everything to me and blah 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 like is it and then it became a little more difficult to just Okay, just take the challenge that's in front of you at this moment, mm -hmm. and just do that well, and have a good time doing that well. Yeah. Is that does that come easier to you now, or were you always fine with that? I don't think I looked at it like that, but I looked at it like more na like naive, like oh, this is never going to end. Right. But I think that I think that's the spectrum I was at. Right. Now I'm seeing it that way, like I'm you know older and more mature, and just kind of like okay. Right. Step at a time, patience, relax, you know. But yeah, then that, I used to be like, oh, man, this edge run's never going to end. We're just going to be on every pay-per-view forever and <laughs> make this money. It's great. You yeah. Know? But that's literally, like, that's kind of how I was thinking. Yeah, you know, you just, you're too naive. I was, Which, I was 22. Yeah. And you that must have made the lows terrible if you don't see them coming. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> 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 there you go. Man. So the lowest low is not is is being told you can stay home for WrestleMania, you're not needed. Is the highest high WrestleMania 24? Nah, I don't know what the highest high. I, I haven't felt the highest high yet. I'm still seeking. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm looking for it. Right, but yeah. that was a big the WrestleMania 24 moment Very had to cool. be huge. Yeah, it's something that you know no one can ever take away from me. Yeah, that's what I told Zach. Like Zach, that icy title thing, I literally reacted like an eight year old kid when he won. Yeah, he didn't tell me, which I'm so glad he didn't because it truly hit me like the real emotion of it. 
And then uh, I was there. I was at WrestleCon. So I was like, oh, my God, I got to come see you. And I went to the party to go Right, yeah, yeah. And he uh, he sees me, and he's like, got this long face, like, I'm losing it tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, but no one can ever take away what happened tonight from you. Like, that's forever. That's history. Like, no matter what. Like, I literally, like, I was watching that. Linderdahl was there with me that night. Come on. And I, I was, I was <laughs> Oh, she's going to love that. that. Who did yeah. that? <laughs> I was watching it, though, and I looked at her. I was like. It doesn't matter what else happens now. I, I, like it does it. It, it does. I mean, he did it. Like that's yeah. that's that thing it, that that you wait for and it, it happens. It's from like a DVD, and I know Jericho says that he's like, you know, things at WrestleMania live forever. You know? Yeah. You know, you could have like this badass match on a house show. It's kind of forgotten, like as you drive away from the building. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but like, yeah. you do things at WrestleMania. They live forever. No They're not doing a, a WWE 24 documentary on this great house yeah, show. Yeah. You know, oh man, we rocked Des Moines that night. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, but then that's, but that's, and that's where I remembered it too when they put on the WWE 24, and I saw that moment like in the context of this documentary. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't, that's never those, gonna those go away. Those things are great. I just wish they would get them out a little faster. Yeah, it does yeah. take a while, doesn't it? <laughs> they, are, they are awesome, though. It does take a while. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for the one on Zack Ryder and his knee injury. <laughs> you think it's coming? Uh, in his mind, yes. <laughs> Rebuild, <Yeah>. <laughs> reclaim. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what are you, uh, uh, so, so what are you a fan of right now in, in wrestling? You know um, what I mean? Like, what do you, do you, do you go home and watch wrestling? Um, it's weird. This is like the first time that, like I'm a little less, but because I would imagine like I used to be like I literally wouldn't wouldn't miss if so wrestling was on television, I'd have everything on my DVR and I would watch every second of every show of every company. Even if, if you were on the shows, wait, I'd always watch my stuff at least once. Okay, to, to study. Yeah, um, but and to be like, yeah, I'm I saying my man. DVR was set. I would watch every episode of every company wrestling show beginning to end every week for years, mm-hmm. and like just recently, I finally like. Calm down. Calm down. I, I think it's just getting older. I'm so busy. I'm married. My wife's pregnant. Yeah. Buying a house. I got a lot of like adult stuff going on. Right. And I think that's finally subsided. Is know? there is there something about having a kid that you're like, oh, I might like this as much as wrestling? Like, has that hit you at all yet? I, I think about it. I definitely yeah. think about it, yeah. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl, or are you saying- So we're not going to find out. It's, you're going to be surprised- Yeah. When it comes out? Yeah. Wow. It's my wife's idea, and I never thought of something like that, but then I was like, eh. I don't think that bothers me or whatever. I think as we get closer, maybe it will bother me or I'll be a little more antsy, but right yeah. now I still don't care. Yeah, so it's not like, like I'm going to like take it to the store and return it you know, <laughs> yeah. if, I don't, if I don't get what I want. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the same deal. I guess I just think in terms of like figuring it out because like when I found out we were having a boy, mm-hmm. it was like relieved because the first thing I was like, all right, I can raise a wrestling fan. Though. I know, and I have like I have so much stuff like wrestling buddies and toys yeah. and stuff like purposely didn't i see on your stored ready to go like for my kids so if i get like two girls in a row here i'm gonna be like oh god let's go i can't you know was it was it you that instagrammed the ultimate maniacs onesie yeah the office sent me that actually i gotta get that yeah i gotta get I that. that existed and i know all kinds of merch things you know i knew because somebody at the 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 wife of somebody who works at wwe was at my wife's baby shower mm-hmm. and i was going through the stuff to put it away and everything and i Picked up two things, and I knew exactly what she had brought because there was an AJ Styles and a Nakamura onesie. I saw those on the website. I was like, "Good God!" I had no idea they even existed, but I was like, "Fantastic! (laughs) This is this is perfect." Much appreciated. It's like for twelve months. Actually, this is a little off topic, but I've been as a fan. I've been wondering, like, lately, the Ultimate Maniacs have been so glorified in time, and it was like 
a match and a promo. I know. It was like, <laughs> it was like the whole, the whole talk about that for a second? The whole Ultimate Maniacs Where run. Leaves? It, it was this build to a match that never happened. This Survivor Series 92, but they have one Saturday Night's Saturday Saturday main event. That's it. That's the whole thing. And now we have like toys and like, a, like of all things, a onesie of that was, it. Yeah. I was like, what? I mean, but, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's very cool. Yeah, really. But, I think the idea of the Ultimate Warrior Macho Man being yeah. a tag team for anybody that was growing up then is like I guess that makes it, yeah. Awesome. But there's no like, like a sentimental vibe to it because it never happened. It wasn't. Even, it was no. a promo and a, a Saturday Night's Main Event match. Right. Yeah. 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 It was a bunch of yeah. Yeah. It was promos and that's it. I yeah. mean, I guess because they had like custom gear and everything. Yeah. I mean, they they made the effort. Yeah. Yeah. But it did. It just because it it I, died been, right before Survivor the, the Series. The fan of me has been just pondering that lately, off on and off. I'm like, man, that's really been glorified lately, and it's yeah. not something to glorify. Well, it really makes you realize that like history has a weird way of telling stories. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. So it's like you can't. So maybe one day they they will be like, oh man, there well, was this great, great Kurt Hawkins Legend. brought his clay yeah, match, and it was like, like you, gotta, you gotta get eyes on it. You gotta see this. It was incredible. He doesn't go behind, then he dances to get out of it. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite piece of? Uh, of do we, so like do you still collect wrestling stuff? Uh oh yeah. Like I, now? I, I'm a little more selective, but yeah. Yeah. Because if you weren't selective, I feel like it'd be tough to not just like steal turnbuckles and stuff like yeah, that. Oh, and then no, your wife I, would be like, What are you doing? Yeah, like, you I don't work stuff there. like that. Like, I don't know. What do you what do you Um What's your like favorite few pieces that you have? Oh man. I don't know about that. I have a I mean like I have an entire Hasbro set, like mint and loose. With the mail-aways? No, I, so I told Zach I gave up on that. They're too stupid like for me to justify the money. Yeah, they're really expensive. They're expensive, and they, there's not much of a difference. Except the Hogan. Maybe one day I'll get the Hogan. But yeah. I mean, there's only four Hogans already. Yeah, that's true. So, like, I don't know. Yeah. I told him that, that and the King of the Ring ring, I was like, that's a yellow ring. It's just, like stupid. I'm over it. I said, I got a mint ring. The whole rest of this, you know, everybody mint. Yeah. I cherish that. Uh, like, Going back to ECW being my favorite, I have every those ECW figures like my favorite thing ever because I think like the idea that they were even made in the first place. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, some of those guys, I mean, they're gonna get figures soon from that other company, but um like Jerry Lynn and Steve Carino, some of my Candido, some of my absolute all time favorite wrestlers. Right. That's their only figure. Right. So I went nuts a couple of years ago and I got uh, there's forty figures with like a couple of repaints and whatnot. I have every single one mint on card autographed. Except Mike Awesome. So if anyone out there has a Mike Awesome signed, please hit me up on Twitter. I will pay you handsomely for it. Better have that COA though. I Certificate mean, of authenticity. Kind of, actually, I become such a psycho. I can, I could. You can pick out on a piece of paper. On a piece of paper right now, I could draw Mike Awesome's autograph because I know what it looks like because I know what I've been looking for for it's been years now. Wow. Yeah. Because so that, you have all of them signed. That, that's a proud part of my thing. But it's just, it's just, and it's probably not even worth anything. It's just so uh, sentimental to me. Yeah, that's what it's, it is. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. So are you gonna are you gonna put a room in your house? Oh yeah. When you get out. Oh yeah. Already been. The wife has been warned about that, and we're already kind of plotting away. Like that's a that's that's a necessity. We mm -hmm. need like a finished basement yeah, actually, or something to put. Broski just bought a house, so a lot of our conversations these days have been about like how he's displaying his figures and like what he's doing, <laughs> what shelves he's buying, and what he's doing, and then like <laughs> this is a real text I got from yesterday. He's like, I was gonna buy these shelves, but uh, the depth isn't enough to hold the Haswell ring, so I had to back out. <laughs> So this, is, this is the serious talk these 32-year-old guys who've been in WWE for 10 years talk about. I forget who I was talking to about Zack Ryder not that long. Maybe it was a guy from Ringside Collectibles. I don't know. But he said like that Zack Ryder has a bad habit of uh, making giant collections and then selling them and then rebuying he's, he's them. A nut job. Nut <laughs> he's job. It's a, he also, you know what drove me crazy about him, and this is just my OCD, mm -hmm. when I saw it, because I have a complete set of wrestling buddies. Mm-hmm. 
And I saw that he does too, but he put them in a Tupperware and he flattened them. So they're all mush. They're all like flat. <laughs> and like they don't retake their shape. Yeah, mine like, are in like a garbage bag. Yeah, so yeah. Like so they're still kind of, yeah. yeah. I have all mine on a shelf. Well, th- those I have, I have like a really nice Hogan, Warrior, and Savage that I was just saving for my child, basically. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't look cool in my bed anymore. But Yeah, yeah no, yeah, I probably yeah, had to move on from that. <laughs> I'd probably do that. I actually too. have the WCW Brett too because I thought that was cool looking. Was it, is it talk or no? I took the batteries out of it because it would like go off in the middle of the night. <laughs> well, it's yeah. just Brett, honey. Never mind. Yeah. You didn't hear anything. Was your wife a wrestling fan when you met her? No, but her brother was, so she had like some kind of like a understanding of what not what she was getting into, but right. like how do you how do you pose? Because people ask me all the time. There's a lot of really. This is why I'm asking you so much about your collection and stuff because I think people feel better who are adults when they listen to this and know that there are people with people, just there's so I mean with the internet like you can see that like yeah you're not weird there's so many people that collect right whatever and whatever, it's like when you're ma- floats your boat you when know? you're making makes, it, if it makes you happy like and it's not like we're doing drugs here it's like right. a pretty harmless thing so. and when you're making an action figure of Akeem the African Dream it's not targeted at kids yeah you know what I mean no that, none yeah. of them know who that guy is or I bought three Fred Ottmans this year I don't have the typhoon yet. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap your head around that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty big. Yeah. Um uh I forgot what I was going to say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you how do you but how do you get that conversation with with your wife when you like you start dating her or whatever and you're like, "Well, this is what I do. This is my hobby." Um or was it not even like a thing? It is a nah, it's a thing. You you have to have, at least have that initial. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like this is part of the deal. You're just know, like, babe, this is it. happening. This is what it is. I could be doing a lot worse shit. Right. Or, you know. If you want to get on the Hawkins train, I mean, this is part of I it. And I also like when my friends bust my balls about it, I'm like, well, I am an action figure, so I feel like I justified it. That's true. You know, so F off. Like, How many of your own action figure did you get? I have at least one of all of them. And then I, I keep like a tote of like extras just like give people when they ask and yeah. stuff, you know, even whatever, friends and family. The Mattel one's the best one, right? That's my favorite. I love that toy. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm hoping there's a new one on the horizon. Did you scan? I so I haven't seen them once since oh. I've been there. But the, and we've done West Coast loops and they haven't been there. But we have West Coast loops coming up in the next two weeks. So, so you're kind of hoping I'll be on the hunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Got a new haircut. Oh, I mean, I mean, they know, they, those guys know me from last time. So. <laughs> well, and where did the name Kurt Hawkins come from? So Armageddon 07, They finally said yes to the Edge idea. We went through and we. We like uh, Dress's Edge and did the. Um, that was your guy's idea? Whose idea was that? It was completely our idea. Wow. Some, we got an Edge's ear about it, and he was like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. And he didn't know us from a hole in the wall. So it's, pretty a, pretty, my... it's a pretty crazy idea. Mm-hmm. Like, and I remember when it first happened, I was like, holy shit, like so, they're doing the doink thing with Edge? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, but we're like, we have our whole careers to thank them because he didn't know us from a hole in the wall. The Major Brothers that said hi and bye to him for you know six months. That's all he knew. Yeah. You know, and he said, oh, yeah. He, like, he thought, hey, I'll give you guys a shot. So we did that. That was Sunday in Pittsburgh. We had off Monday because it's the old brand split, so we didn't have to go to Raw. Tuesday is Rochester, and we show up, and like the writers got to be in there, like Vince had no idea you weren't real brothers, <laughs> and he is not happy about it. He, he once you change your names tonight, your new characters like and just say it was all you know ruse, and you're you're really so and so and so and so. He's pissed because he felt like you were tricking him. I I. So this, you know, it's one of those things. I wasn't there. This is what I'm being told. But I've been told by like, a couple of writers over there that like that's what happened. And then uh, the other funny thing about the whole deal was like, so Johnny Ace comes and finds this later. He's like, "Yeah, you know, you were that, you were that now. So you gotta have the name like Slash and Dagger, you know, <laughs> something like that." So we're like, "Oh my god!" Like you know, emoji eyes. Like whoa. Yeah. And like you only have like 
you know, two hours to figure this out. Plus, they're like, and we have to run it by legal, so it's got to be approved before you go out and say it. And we're like, oh, my God. So we're like, what? Like, what are we going to do? So I remember at one point, we were like, well, Edge is like a rock star, so we were going to be uh, Kiedis and Cobain, like Kurt Cobain and Anthony Kiedis, like little, like, sneak that in there, like sure. kind of cool thing. Like, it'd be one name. Cause... And then uh, maybe we said that to Michael Hayes, and he's like, I don't think that's what Vince said. let's go find out so then we went into his office and asked Vince to his face he's like no I just want you to have real believable regular names and not be brothers that's all and we're like oh okay well we've been pondering these dumb names oh my god right so that set us back another thing and then finally uh, I I picked Kurt because of Kurt Hennig who's like you know one of my all time favorites so that was easy and then I'd always in any kind of conversation that I had with Ed before we became friends and did the deal together I said you look like Taylor Hawkins from Foo Fighters Right. I always had thought that, like, for years. And obviously people say that to him, too. So yeah. that's where I got that from. And there's Kurt Hawkins is born. There, yeah. Boom. Which And, I'm man, that night we had to say it on the mic, and it was so new and foreign to me. Like, I, I was, like, my biggest fear was, like, remembering exactly what my new name was. Like, it was so pretty Dude, Yeah, 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 like repeating like, it in your head. The whole rest of the promo was, like, whatever to me. But I was, like, I have to say this name right the first time because it's, like, that's my hilarious. New, my new name. Because I always think that, like, when I'm doing something in front of an audience and I just, like, met somebody and I don't, like, I'll be interviewing people. Mm-hmm. Like, not, like, wrestlers, but, like, celebrities or whatever that I know them. But I'll, like, have to glance down at the paper I get, before you I nervous, say thank it's you. It's embarrassing, right? Yeah. Dude, yeah. my one buddy, Paul, I'll shout him out on this. He's He's, like the best at like hey Paul nice to meet you and they'll be like yeah we've met seven times <laughs> so like you don't have to say that you can say hey man how are you you don't have to say you like, can avoid yeah. that yeah <laughs> I'm like it's such an avoidable problem and he right. goes it like, it's like I've seen him get put in his place so many times doing this to people it's like so rude like, so I, I try to avoid that <laughs> but it's so funny like I've never considered what that would feel like if it was your name Yeah. and if you say you, it wrong like, then they'll be like oh you're, now you're this that's yeah, your name yeah. now yeah. Kurt, Kurt Hawkins, you know, that's the way Tatsu used to say it. And I've mentioned him too much here. We got. Do you still have the Hawkins hoodie? Remember that black one with the stars on it? This is a really embarrassing. My yeah. mother like wears that around my hometown, <laughs> like right now. It's like, not even your real name. Like we could probably FaceTime her in the living and she'd room. She'd be wearing the Hawkins yeah. hoodie, but your name's not actually—it's not her name. She's proud of me. <laughs> that's my boy. <laughs> She's really proud of me. I once, you uh, know. I was talking about, uh, I was on the street, moms are like that, I was on the street talking to my friend uh, who works at Sirius about the Fargo, the series, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh yeah, that show's great, blah, 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 you gotta watch it, da, 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 and uh, this woman just turns around and is walking in front of us, she's like, my son's on that show, and I was like, oh, cool, like, who's your son? I figured it was like an extra. That is so something my mom would do. It was uh, Jordan Peele's mom from Key and Peele. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was his mom, and she's just going up to strangers yeah, being like, cool. do you know who my son is? That's like, my mom always looks for any little opening to just <laughs> brag about me, which is nice, but also embarrassing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Have you thought about t-shirt designs? Are you going to try to get a Hawkins t-shirt? I think the new Cena line really set me back a little bit. <laughs> so I'll, I'll uh, I, w- I won't be so so uh, hard on pushing that for a little while. Yeah. You know, until we get a new color scheme and move on yeah, yeah that was yeah i'm not i'm not an idiot those colors are yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we'll lay back on that for a yeah, little bit well, but that's okay we'll wait till SummerSlam or whatever we get a little switch you know what create demand there you go that's what's important right create shops, demand. tell them you want it i will <laughs> i will well thanks for hanging out man i'm glad we finally fun. did this yeah wow yeah unbelievable yeah this is no, good and no uh, linen doll huh no linen doll so upset she used to put over like uh russell pro or pws at the time all the time yeah and name all the ones she loved and i'm like perking up 
Like, nope, no, no Brian Myers. Okay, I'll just well, wait until next time. She's like an eighties, like like an eighties, nineties family. Has she, acquired taste, I, I can tell. Yeah, she's just like podcasts. weird. Like yeah. she almost when I took her to her, her first and dies by Tatanka. Yeah, I took her to her first I WrestleMania, like and, all, but. and she almost had like we had to go get her inhaler because she almost had an asthma attack because she realized IRS was behind her. And she loves that she doesn't like I mean, she loves awesome. IRS. Yeah. Like she just loves yeah. the character. So I mean, when, when I get it. When she would go to like Wrestle Pro shows and stuff, she just liked Habib and the Teen Wolf yeah, and like and just Fala. all the weirdo. Exactly. Fala's great though, but Exactly. Yeah. All right, man. Cool, man. Well I'll let you uh go about your life. Thanks for hanging. Got it. Here is Sam Roberts. It's so good to hear that uh Kurt Hawkins is doing well. You know, he's just a he's he's a guy, at least in my book that you have to want to win. Uh, so thanks to Kurt Hawkins, and I love that he's busy. You know, that's that's the best thing that somebody who has a passion for something can be, is busy. The only problem is that you need to be able to get home and go to sleep. Luckily, there's a company that is passionate about engineering mattresses that are at a fair price. You know, it, it, they, they get obsessive over making sure that the quality is just right. They get obsessive over making sure that the comfort is just right, but they also want to do it in a way where you're still going to have a house, right? What's the worst thing you could think of? It's like an episode of The Twilight Zone. You buy a wonderful mattress that is so comfortable, but it's so expensive that you have to sell your house. So what are you left with? A comfortable mattress, no roof over your head. What happens? It starts raining, you get wet. No matter how comfortable you are on your mattress, if you're wet, you'll be uncomfortable. Luckily, there is an alternative, and that alternative is Casper Mattress. Wait till I tell you about Casper Mattress. Uh, this was uh, uh, something that Time Magazine named one of the best inventions of 2015. When you can get a mattress and be named one of the best inventions of 2015, you have revolutionized something, folks. Uh, of course, it's got supportive memory foam, and that's how it creates the sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Uh, try Casper. You don't believe me? Fine. You should. I should have built your trust by now, but maybe I haven't. So you go ahead. You can try Casper. Wait till you hear this. For 100 nights, risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, Casper will come and pick it up and refund you everything. See, Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're going to spend a third of your life on it. This means that you don't have to go to a dirty mattress store and lay down on the same mattress that a bunch of other sweat hogs have laid down on to see if it's comfortable. You can lay down, you can sleep on it for a hundred days. You know how much you can get done in a hundred days? A lot. There's free shipping and returns to the United States and Canada. It really is risk-free. There's over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars. It's quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress. You got to get your Casper mattress. Here's what you do. I'll give you a discount. Get $50 toward any mattress purchased. $50. So already it's affordable, and I'm giving you another $50 off. Visit casper.com slash Roberts and use the offer code Roberts. So this is what you do. You go to casper.com slash Roberts. You get the most comfortable mattress that you're ever going to get. And then when you when you go to buy the thing, you go, I can't believe the price is that low. Oh, offer code? Yeah, Roberts. The price is even lower. Casper.com slash Roberts. Terms and conditions, of course, apply. Thanks to them and thanks to you.
listeners here at Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, um, and everybody that's been supporting me. My big announcement is that this Sunday night at the Elimination Chamber, I will be in Phoenix, Arizona, and I will not be sitting in the audience. I'll be sitting at the table. That's right. I'm back on the panel for the kickoff show this Sunday night at the Elimination Chamber. It'll be yours truly. It'll be Renee Young. I'm sure Booker T will be there. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, We'll be breaking down uh, everything we do normally on the kickoff show. So it'll be available on the WWE Network. It'll be on the YouTube channel. It'll be on Facebook. It'll be everywhere that WWE is, uh, the Elimination Chamber kickoff panel. And it really is like, I mean... I couldn't mean it more when I tell you this is a dream come true, all this stuff that's happening. And so the fact that WWE has asked me back to be a part of another kickoff show is just incredible. So I can't I can't wait to go. I hope you guys all check it out, but I can't wait to be a part of it. And uh, I can't wait to tell you guys all about how it goes when we're back. Uh, if you're going to Elimination Chamber or you're going to uh, any show in the near future, make sure you got something to wear. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. You can get a Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast shirt. You can get a What's the Hap shirt. You can get a Not Sam shirt. You can get the new Sam Roberts 8-bit video game character shirt. There's so much stuff to get. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts and get you some. You understand? All right, what do you say we get into the state of wrestling? Sounds like a good idea to me, huh? And it's my show, so let's do it. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Welcome to the State of Wrestling, folks. This week, I thought it only appropriate, since yours truly will be on the kickoff show panel this Sunday night at the Elimination Chamber, that we talk about the Elimination Chamber. And, you know, it's interesting because it's tough and it's daunting. And I kind of don't know why they, they did it to only give two weeks to build the Elimination Chamber. I, you know, SmackDown this week and last week were both good. SmackDown this week was really good. Something that I really liked about SmackDown this week was through storytelling, because you all know how much I love storytelling. That is why I watch WWE, for the storytelling. Okay, that's a, that to me is what pro wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it, is all about. The athleticism is important, work rate, match quality. If you don't have storytelling, none of it matters. That's what makes you care. That's what makes you care about what you're watching. And storytelling brought us to a place where, without a doubt, this week, SmackDown maintained its position as the show that feels freshest across the WWE landscape. And I would include 205 Live. I would say SmackDown is the show that feels like the freshest, the quickest, the newest. Like, this is the show, like, it almost feels like it's something different. You know, like, oh, oh, I knew they could have gone here, but I didn't realize they were going here. Oh, look at what they're doing. You know what I mean? Look at what they're doing now. And somehow, on paper... This is crazy, but it was executed to perfection because somehow the show that is the freshest show as far as wrestling goes on TV and the show that is doing the best at showcasing new talent, in my personal opinion, was main evented in 2017 by John Cena versus Randy Orton. Now, first of all, a lot of people said, well, there you go. The fact that this happened on SmackDown means that it's not going to happen at WrestleMania. 
That's wrong. Not that I think it is going to happen at WrestleMania. I think that match probably will not happen at WrestleMania. But it could. A lot can change between now and WrestleMania. And I don't think that that match happening on Raw or on SmackDown has anything to do with what happens in April in Orlando. Nothing at all. Especially with the ending. With the Luke Harper ending. That match was really a device to simply promote the Elimination Chamber. It wasn't even necessarily about Randy Orton. That match was a was a was a device to showcase your world champion in John Cena and make clear that Luke Harper no longer has the loyalty to Bray Wyatt that he once had. Uh, it promoted the fact that Luke Harper and Randy Orton are going one on one at the Elimination Chamber. Uh, but you know, it, I think that Luke Harper should be in the chamber. And I think that that match would have meant even more if Luke Harper was in the chamber. Uh, but I definitely think it was just about uh, promoting the pay-per-view and promoting Luke Harper and Randy Orton and promoting the idea that Luke Harper doesn't feel loyalty to Bray Wyatt necessarily. I think he'll still come back to Bray Wyatt. Um, so that said, because that was... The story that was told, I don't think it takes Randy Orton versus John Cena off the table. Other things make it less likely, in my opinion, but I don't think that that match happening on SmackDown means that it's not going to happen. Raw, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but Raw was headlined by Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe, and I sincerely doubt that this is the last time you will see Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe. Okay, that's a match that... To tell you the truth, I was surprised that they pulled out as quickly as they did. But again, the finish, very, very similar finish to what we saw on SmackDown, leads you to believe that this is not the last time that you're going to see this match. So let's talk about what's going on at Elimination Chamber. Um, First of all, again, you have to commend SmackDown on the fact that there are three, three, I don't remember the last time, there were three women's matches on a pay-per-view. Granted... One of the reasons for this is that there's a six-person elimination chamber match, and the roster is not as deep as it should be. I mean, you've got a you've got a uh, an eliminate a six-person elimination chamber match, and then a six-team tag team turmoil match. You've taken a, a a big chunk out of the male roster, so you are left with okay, what's going to fill out this card? Um, but still, the fact that you can put together three matches with women is an accomplishment because. All three of these matches have different stories being told. Even though the the Becky Lynch, Mickey James, Alexa Bliss, Naomi storylines are converging and crisscrossing, it's still a different story. Two different stories being told in those two matches. Naomi wants the women's championship. Alexa, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mickey James, Becky Lynch wants revenge against Mickey James. Mickey James is not interested in Naomi. Naomi's not interested in Mickey James. And Becky Lynch, while eventually she wants to get to Alexa Bliss, is much more uh, 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 into destroying Mickey James right now because of what Mickey James has been saying about her and because she cost her an opportunity at the Women's Championship. Then, so you got those two matches, which are big and we care about. Then you've got Nikki Bella versus Natty. And I just love mean natty you know i think 
Nikki Bella, and uh, there were reports this week that, and I think, I think it was on Pro Wrestling Sheet that Nikki Bella's uh, neck was not healing quite as well as they wanted to, and she may, after WrestleMania, be taken down to a part-time performer, which is a real shame because Nikki Bella is somebody that was able to come out of that divas generation. You know, the generation that existed between. Mickey James' generation and the current generation, it was not the strongest set of athletes. When you're talking about match women's match quality, it's certainly not the high point. But Nikki Bella has been able to come out of that and has just improved so immensely as a wrestler. Her 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 ability in the ring has improved so immensely that I don't know how people don't give her even more credit than she gets. People don't really downplay her anymore. They used to. I think they do that less, and that's a good thing. But uh, I think it should be pointed out, as often as people point out how athletic Naomi is, as often as people point out how gift naturally gifted Charlotte is, people should be pointing out Nikki Bella's ability to improve herself. Nobody else in that generation has been able to do as much as she has, and nobody else in that generation, the Bella generation, the Diva generation, is able to hang with the Becky Lynch's of the world the way Nikki Bella is, and the Natties of the world the way Nikki Bella is, and Natalia was part of that Bella generation, and she was out of place, she was a fish out of water, that's why she, she was just in a holding pattern for so long, because there was really nobody for her to wrestle. There was nobody for her to have a good match with. And it's really cool to watch Nikki Bella get to a place where a match between her and Natalia is, is an athletic competition. It's not just like a throwaway match. It's, it's, as a matter of fact, not only is it not just a throwaway match, it's one of the best told stories on the pay-per-view right now. You know, if, if you had to throw away one or two of these matches... It's not going to be Nikki Bella versus Natty. This is one of the bigger grudge matches on the show. And I, I, the promos that Natty, especially on SmackDown, I mean, just talking about how... And it's, it's cool because they're using the reality show right. The reality show brought into play a lot of insecurities that Nikki Bella has to deal with, whether it's John Cena doesn't want to have a kid or or relationship problems or problems within the family or or being upset about being injured or whatever it is. All these behind-the-scenes real-life things become an issue because we're talking about them on TV because we as WWE fans are pushed toward E to watch Total Bellas and Total Divas. So now we're finally seeing, we're reaping the benefits from this because Natty is able to go way personal with Nikki Bella because we've all been made familiar with it. It only makes sense. If we as WWE fans are expected to watch Total Divas and Total Bellas, there's no reason why it should be a complete cutoff from what happens in the ring. And the idea that she is like picking on Nikki Bella and and using that insecurity of, well, you're never going to have a baby. Well, John Cena's going to leave you because she knows that she's worried about that before because I saw it on the show. And she knows that Nikki Bella has struggled with the idea of not having a kid with John Cena because I've seen it on the reality show. I know as a fan, 
It's just a dopey fan who sits there and watches WWE-produced television probably seven nights a week. I know what Nikki Bella has dealt with. And so I am aware how real it is to us who watch, right? So I am aware of what a personal attack it is and how Natty really has crossed the line with this stuff. And it makes you believe in the story. You know what I mean? It makes you believe that Natty really does want to hurt Nikki emotionally. And that's what I like. You know, there's two things that you need to me in WWE. And it's weird because they're almost contradictory. It's stories that you can believe in, and it's good characters and good gimmicks. You know, even in the Attitude Era that was quote-unquote reality-based, The Rock is a character. Stone Cold Steve Austin is a character. The Undertaker, Mankind, D-Generation X, The Heartbreak Kid, The Hitman. You know, everybody's got, like, gimmicks. It's not just... A guy, and everybody looks different, and everybody brings something different to the table, and that's why I think Rusev makes people turn their heads. The New Day makes people turn their heads. Even Kevin Owens, who's like a prize fighter, makes people turn their heads. But you, you need that. That to me is the thing that works against. Like the Shield guys, for example. Because even though they've tried, like Dean Ambrose, the lunatic fringe, mm, is he a lunatic for sure? You know? Or like Seth Rollins, who's the architect. I don't know what he's built, though. Roman Reigns, who's, I don't know, the guy. Is he, though? Because everybody boos him. They don't... If those three, who are, to me, the future of the company, regardless... If they had strong gimmicks and personalities, or stronger maybe, I mean maybe maybe I'm wrong about Seth Rollins, he kind of does, but you need that that, that strong, and we can move beyond the Shield guys, because that might be a bad example, because they, they, they've done quite well, but you need guys that are going to be able, like Finn Balor is the demon, and when the demon comes out, it makes people's heads turn, even Baron Corbin you know, makes people's heads turn and goes beyond just sort of wrestling fans and hits the mainstream. And 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 those are the two things, a, a rich character and a reality-based storyline that we can relate to is what's going to sell me on a match. And that's why I'm, I'm so satisfied with the Natty Nikki story because I believe it, because I know about them. Meaning, when I watch them, I know those characters. I've interacted with them in my life before in different incarnations. And because they're mean. Because Natty's mean. And I love it. You know, if you really didn't like somebody, if Natty really didn't like Nikki, she would be taking shots. Why would she pull any punches? And she's not. And I love it. Um, We talked about the tag. We said there was a tag team turmoil match. Of course, that's... uh, American Alpha, The Usos, The Ascension, Breezango, uh, uh, The Vaude Villains, and Slater Gator Rhino, Heath Slater and Rhino. I was shocked when The Ascension won that tag match on SmackDown this week. I mean, to, and I don't know. I mean, it really tells you something. To see The Ascension win a match 
almost for a second left you like, oh yeah, those guys used to win all the time. Like, like for a brief moment, when the Ascension won that match on SmackDown this week, I thought to myself, do you remember seeing them in NXT? Do you remember seeing them? How dominant they were? How popular they were? How big they were? A lot of people don't because those were in the full sale NXT days. Those were before that was right before the takeovers and whatnot started. Or if they, yeah, yeah, it was. But they were so popular. the The full sale crowd just loved them. And you know, we talk about rich characters. The problem with the Ascension is they were so over the top that they were never taken seriously, and it was almost like the WWE had to acknowledge. Like, the WWE didn't have confidence that the audience would take them seriously. So, on the show, the storyline, they couldn't take them seriously. The commentators didn't take them seriously. Their opponents didn't take them seriously. Legends coming in to visit didn't take them seriously. And so, how is an audience going to do that? I think that they've been kind of uh, cast away to the island of the Misfit Toys long enough and not really done anything long enough that they could be repackaged not with a new like look not with a new gimmick but just sort of become dominant all of a sudden get angry at how they've been uh uh not looked at properly get angry at how they've been underestimated all this time and they could still have another run of being dominant uh i think you know it's pretty obvious that the the vaude villains for whatever reason you know they just aren't People, they, they they don't work. You know, they don't win matches, ever. And when there's a multiple team match, they lose first, always. So, you know, there's something going on there uh, where the Vaude villains don't become a serious contender, I don't think, in this match. And Brizango is doing the best they've ever done. Um, but, and, and the Fashion Police thing works for them, I think. And they're having a good time, and, and that's one of the secrets, I feel like, to succeeding is to have a good time you know there is the potential for a new day like build for this fashion police brizango thing um so that's cool but I, i i would think that the american alpha will keep the tag team championship you know it's been interesting i could watch the american alpha and the usos wrestle a whole bunch i think that's a great match to watch but this goes back to my thought that one show should have tag teams and one show should have women and maybe that makes things weird for house shows I'm not a, I'm not in the business all I know is what I see on television and the Raw women's roster feels shallow and the Smackdown tag team roster feels shallow because there's just not enough when Dan Soder was on State of Wrestling last week talking about too many titles you know this is one way to get rid of them American Alpha is an amazing team, and people waited just with bated breath for them to get called to the main roster. But what happened when they got called up? They didn't really have anything to do. You know, you had you you put them aside at first a little bit so that Heath Slater could do his thing, which was very entertaining and, and probably the right move. But now there, there's the problem is there's nobody for them to wrestle. I was kind of hoping they would continue on with the open challenge thing and that eventually we would see um the revival 
finally come to SmackDown. Because if a SmackDown, if you're looking at a SmackDown roster with American Alpha, the Usos, and the Revival, all right, well, then you're starting to build a bit of a foundation. But still, you know, I think you need a New Day in there with them. I think you need an Enzo and Cass in there with them. If you could, there's, there's like, there's a few teams that are actually throwbacks to tag team specialists. And those are the tag teams that are really going to get people excited. Like, a, like you know, the Sheamus and the Cesaro, uh, even the Heat Slater and Rhino. You're kind of looking at them like, you know, when do they break up? The the uh, uh, odd bedfellows, if that's a phrase, teams. Like, you're looking at them like, when are they going to break up? This is fun right now. It was like uh, Team Hell No, Daniel Bryan and Kane. Like, they were an amazing team, but you were watching them knowing at some point they were going to break up. And, and that might be true for all teams, but... The teams that come across as this is just what they do, they're a tag team, they're a package deal, those are the ones that people get really behind because they're in it for the long haul. People don't want to see the New Day break up, and I think it would be a terrible move for the New Day to break up. And Zone Cass, I don't think, should break up anytime soon. If you added those two, the New Day, Enzo and Cass, the Usos, American Alpha, bring in the Ascension. Then you're talking. Then you've got a division. But as long as they're separated, that's going to be tough. And it makes it tougher for the women on Raw. So uh, hopefully, I that, that that's one thing that I would change if I had the ability. Uh, Luke Harper versus Randy Orton is a weird one. I think that something's going to happen with this. I think that there this is not going to be a straightforward match because, look, if Randy Orton loses the match, he still goes on to WrestleMania. So... Luke Harper winning could position him in a very cool spot because Luke Harper beating Randy Orton at Elimination Chamber does mean that after WrestleMania, he's a serious title contender. The same way when Seth Rollins won the WWE Championship at WrestleMania by cashing in money in the bank, Randy Orton had beaten him earlier that night. So there was this feeling, and, and I don't think it ever really was played out properly um but there's this feeling that Randy Orton then deserves a shot at that title doesn't he he beat the champion and so that that could be a good move for Luke Harper but I do feel like there'll be some kind of there'll be Wyatt chicanery because I don't I don't think that this is at all over uh Apollo Crews and Kalisto versus Dolph Ziggler that's a weird one because Apollo Crews uh he beat Dolph Ziggler you know so I don't know why now he gets a partner to wrestle Dolph Ziggler, um, but I would I hope Dolph Ziggler wins. There's no reason to turn him into a bad guy if he's not going to win matches, right? Uh, and finally, of course, the Elimination Chamber match. I'm very excited. It's going to be a, a, an all new Elimination Chamber. I'm very excited to find out what the details are. But it's John Cena. It's a, it's a it's a good chamber. Although I would probably here's who it is: John Cena, AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, Miz. Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin. I would probably take Dean Ambrose out, put Luke Harper in, and have Ambrose start some kind of intercontinental title thing with somebody in the meantime. That said, this chamber match is good for a few things. Number one, it sets up your WWE Championship WrestleMania match. We know one match for WrestleMania so far. That's Brock Lesnar and Goldberg, and I'll talk about that momentarily. But 
whoever wins this, one would assume, is going to be the one facing Randy Orton. Not necessarily true. We have a long way to go until April, but one would assume that's the way it's going to go. Let's say AJ Styles doesn't win. Who eliminates him? Maybe there's a reason uh, to follow that story. You know, maybe maybe The Miz and Baron Corbin don't get along in the Elimination Chamber, and that leads to a WrestleMania match. Uh, maybe Dean Ambrose gets eliminated by somebody, and that per- maybe Dean Ambrose gets eliminated by AJ Styles. And AJ decides he wants to go to WrestleMania and win the Intercontinental Championship, and that's your IC title match at WrestleMania. I mean, who knows? Who knows? You've got... If John Cena isn't going to face Randy Orton at WrestleMania, and I would assume that The Undertaker is going to go one-on-one with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, then who is John Cena wrestling, and how will we get there? I will imagine the seeds will be planted in the Elimination Chamber. Uh, I think this match is going to have a lot of ramifications, the same way the Royal Rumble did. The Royal Rumble set up Fastlane and WrestleMania. I think that in this six-person match, there's going to be a lot of, of WrestleMania setup happening, not just in terms of the winner. Uh, but I'm interested to see. You know, some people think that it's going to be a Bray Wyatt-Randy Orton match at WrestleMania, and I, I just can't imagine. I'm so glad that I'll be in Phoenix for this show because if I get to witness Bray Wyatt walking out with the WWE Championship. You look at this, and it's like, you know, it's hard to imagine John Cena losing to anybody. He has lost. Hard to imagine him losing to anybody. But you've got four guys in there. I would not think Dean Ambrose is going to win because he's the Intercontinental Champion already. But the other four guys, AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, The Miz, and Baron Corbin, are probably the four guys that have benefited the most from this brand split. Those are probably the four guys who have had the best, how long has it been, since August, September, October, November, December, January, February. Those four guys have had the best seven months uh, out of arguably anybody on the roster since this split. You know, you might throw in Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho into that mix and make it those six guys. But those four guys may have had the best turnaround since. I mean, Baron Corbin has come on so strong, and it's been amazing to watch him get the opportunities that he gets on SmackDown because he deserves them. Bray Wyatt finally winning, finally winning, finally being credible. I mean, just his presence on SmackDown this week freshened up the Randy Orton-John Cena storyline. Just him sitting in that rocking chair made it seem like John Cena versus Randy Orton was something that I hadn't seen before, which is tough to do. Uh, AJ Styles, of course, arguably the number one guy in 2016. And The Miz is at a career high right now. By far the best that I've seen The Miz. And like I told you before a couple weeks ago, I want to see The Miz as WWE champion. Legit WWE champion, not not like the run he had leading to WrestleMania, what was it, 27. I mean legit WWE champion where we take him seriously. I want to see him drive Daniel Bryan crazy because he is the WWE champion and that makes him the man on SmackDown. That is my favorite version of a guy winning the WWE championship. You're in a rare position. Because the WWE Championship match will probably not close WrestleMania. It will be 
You have an Undertaker match. You have Brock Lesnar, Goldberg. You have a Universal title match. Some of those might be combined. We'll talk about that. But all of those matches come before the WWE Championship match in terms of importance. And I'm sorry, it's just true right now. Unless you have like a John Cena versus Undertaker for the WWE Championship, it's not closing WrestleMania. SmackDown is just not there yet in terms of mainstream and in terms of WWE visibility. So you've got the opportunity to to allow The Miz to walk out of WrestleMania with the WWE Championship and still not have a bad guy ending the night on top. But, you know, it'd be a weird road to get there right now. You know, without The Miz winning the Royal Rumble, I don't see it happening. Although I would very, very much like to. But I'm very, very looking forward to seeing this uh, Elimination Chamber match. And uh, I'm so happy that I'm going to be on the kickoff show. And I hope you'll be watching not only the pay-per-view but the kickoff show to see this pretty face. Uh, and if you are, then you should be wearing a shirt that you get from ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. You get all kinds of shirts there. Um, we're also, you know, based on and, – and, and, you know, you talk about Baron Corbin and how well SmackDown has treated him and how much he deserves the opportunities. I mean, he won the match on SmackDown. You know, he won that multi-person match. He got the fall. Amazing. I love it. So happy to see it. Um, We're not too far off from a a women's elimination chamber match either. I could easily see that happening. And I'm almost surprised that they didn't go for it. You know, that SmackDown, they've got six women wrestling in three three different matches. You know, we used to see double elimination chamber pay-per-views. How great would it have been? You know, Raw had the 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 Falls Count Anywhere match on Raw. Raw had the first female Hell in a Cell match. What if SmackDown came across and took it and had the first ever female elimination chamber match? I think it'd be exciting. I think it'd be really really cool. Talk about the Hall of Fame a little bit. Rock and Roll Express going in this year. Uh, I think that's cool. You know, mainly because I really hope Gallows and Anderson put them in. I said before, I think Stone Cold should and will put in Kurt Angle into the Hall of Fame. But I I really, I really want Gallows and Anderson to put the Rock and Roll Express in. You heard, you know, anybody who's listened to the podcast, if you haven't heard the live show that I did over the summer with Gallows and Anderson, go back in the archives and find it. The live show from Caroline's. Because they talked about how much they wanted to work with the Rock and Roll Express. They worshipped the Rock and Roll Express. If anybody can, it's so funny. They'd just be so entertaining and hilarious. If anybody should be putting the Rock and Roll Express into the Hall of Fame, it's Gallows and Anderson. But I love one of the I, I love seeing the Rock and Roll Express go in because I love WWE taking ownership over the entire world of wrestling and and making that spectrum larger. You know, saying that, like, I don't think that the WWE Hall of Fame is about anybody's WWE career. And the WWE represents wrestling. The WWE is WCW. The WWE is ECW. The WWE is world class. Every archive that the WWE owns is WWE as far as I'm concerned. So all these people that didn't necessarily wrestle on WWF Superstars or Wrestling Challenge. Look, it's not called the WWF Hall of Fame. It's called the WWE Hall of Fame. You know, Mr. Perfect didn't have a career in WWE. 
Iron Sheik didn't have a career in WWE. Dusty Rhodes, the Road Warriors, they didn't wrestle in WWE. They wrestled in WWF. Jake the Snake Roberts didn't wrestle in WWE. Wrestled in WWF. Bret the Hitman Hart, WWF. Stone Cold Steve Austin, WWF. But WWE represents all of it. Represents WWF, WCW, ECW, World Class, Mid-Atlantic, NWA, whatever you want. I'll go through the list. Florida Championship. You know, everything. Everything. Anything you see on the WWE Network, to me, is WWE. They own it. So I, I love the, I, I love seeing them, to uh, take that ownership and, and declare it theirs and, and make the Hall of Fame a big part of that. It's the right thing to do. So uh, uh, we're looking at a cool Fastlane pay-per-view, too. We found out on Raw this week. First of all, I'm watching Samoa Joe, and really Samoa Joe is what Roman Reigns always should have been. So he's just so badass and unstoppable. Like, that, that is what Roman Reigns always should have been. Just a badass Samoan dude. But I hope everybody took a moment and sat back and realized that Raw this week was headlined by Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe. I mean, it is mind-blowing that that match was headlining Monday Night Raw this week. Quick turnaround for Samoa Joe. I'm surprised he wrestled as quickly as he has. Um... But it really was mind-blowing that that happened. And, and it's props to WWE, and it's congratulations to Samoa Joe, and it's props to Roman Reigns, and the whole thing. I just thought it was great. Um, the other thing that I think is really great on Raw is Austin Aries' interviews. Austin Aries, and everybody knows I'm a big Bruce Pritchard guy, but Austin Aries can be the next brother love, can be the next Piper's Pit. Austin Aries' interviews are the best. He's just such like a little, oh, oh. He's obnoxious, but you can't fight him because he will fight you back. You know, he's just so like, like he just, he asks these questions that are just so grating. Like, how dare you? That is a disrespectful question. No, I'm just asking. What do you mean? I'm just asking. I think, I think they really found a gem in Austin Aries doing those interviews. I find them to be endlessly entertaining. All right. So we find out at WrestleMania we've got Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. Okay, I don't think anybody's too surprised about that based on the Royal Rumble. Um, but at Fastlane, which is going to be in a month or so, you've got Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns, which I think we talked about. I, I said I thought was going to happen uh, leading up to Roman Reigns. Well, let's talk about that. Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. Now, that still leaves me to wonder how they get out of that because I would imagine that this is going to lead to Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And it should. But, and I, and actually, I'm, I, I, I'm excited by the thought of Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker. I think it's an exciting match. And, you know, I do wonder if Roman will win. You would think Roman would win, but at the same time, they're going to know. He's, I mean, he's got to be a bad guy in order for that match to work at all. Like, there is nobody that's not going to cheer The Undertaker in that scenario. Nobody is going to want Roman Reigns to win. So I'm interested in seeing how that story gets played out. I think it's cool. And I think it's, I think it's the right spot for Roman Reigns, quite frankly, uh, as long as he's positioned correctly. As long as he's put in the spot where, yeah, he, we are acknowledging that he's going to get booed. You know, and it's not so traditional as just heel turn. 
because for instance it's it's all about the spot he's putting for instance he was purposefully it was obvious to me he was purposefully put in a spot at the royal rumble where he would get booed he was not meant to be the hero at the royal rumble he was meant to make randy orton into a hero and he did and it was effective and it was done right and that's why it was good that he was number 30 in the rumble so with that in mind if we know he's going to get booed out of the building in orlando against the undertaker it makes you wonder how they're going to tell that story and I have faith that it'll be told uh, in a very unique way. I think it'll be interesting. I'm excited to see it. But what I really want to see is how does Braun Strowman, how does Roman Reigns get ready for The Undertaker and Braun Strowman, his entire build, not get wasted by having Roman beat him at Fastlane? You would think he'd at least get to WrestleMania. I mean, it, it's been the most effective build in years for a big guy. Years. I don't remember the last build for a big guy that was this effective. So I'm interested to see, and we'll talk about that more as Fastlane approaches. But even bigger news than that was Goldberg coming out and the match being made between Kevin Owens and Goldberg and Chris Jericho pushing it forward. Um I think this leads to a Chris Jericho-Kevin Owens match at WrestleMania, which I've thought for a long time and I'm very, very excited about, and it's the best spot that those two could possibly be in. The match doesn't need to be for the Universal Championship. It's a match everybody wants to see, and it it truly is the best spot that either of those two guys could be in. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. You talk about a, a Braun Strowman's build. This storyline between the friendship of Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho and it falling apart in time for a match at WrestleMania is Mega Powers level good. It's I, I love it. I love seeing it. Now, here's what's on people's minds. Will Goldberg beat Kevin Owens for the Universal Championship? I hope he does. And here's why. Number one, obviously I'm a huge Kevin Owens fan. I would love it if Kevin Owens was the WWE Champion, Universal Champion forever. But... I don't think he needs to be Universal Champion going into WrestleMania. Um, I don't think the position that he's being put in needs that or leads to that. I think that the match between he and Chris Jericho, it's just a match between he and Chris Jericho. And it could be for the United States title or he could cost Jericho the United States title. Like, it doesn't even need to be for that. The match by itself is something we've kind of, you know, low-key been waiting for for months and months and months. So to see that build-up finally pay off is enough. Goldberg should not lose to Kevin Owens because it would take... For Goldberg to not win a match against Kevin Owens takes all the mystique out of the Brock Lesnar match. The reason this is happening is because Goldberg is the one guy that appears to be unbeatable. Brock Lesnar was supposed to be the unbeatable guy, but now Goldberg appears to be the one guy who's unbeatable. Now, I so for 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 Goldberg to lose to Kevin Owens means okay, whatever magic Goldberg had that made it so that he beat Brock Lesnar is now gone because Kevin Owens beat him. So now Brock Lesnar's definitely going to beat him. We're also assuming that Goldberg's not going to be in WWE after WrestleMania. So the assumption by a lot of fans is that Goldberg is going to lose at WrestleMania. That's uh, people are walking in with that assumption. Goldberg's not going to win. That's the assumption a lot of people are having. The whole reason that Brock Lesnar lost at Survivor Series 
and the whole reason that he was eliminated from the Royal Rumble is to get rid of that thing. That's why the that's why Brock Lesnar beat the Undertaker. It's to get rid of that thing of we know this guy's not gonna win. Um, first of all, it's gonna be awesome to watch Kevin Owens and Goldberg. To see Goldberg take on somebody nowadays is cool. Um, how do you then bring Brock Lesnar back to prominence if you jobbed him out so bad, quote unquote, at Survivor Series? Well. Their final match is going to be at WrestleMania. It needs something. I said last week Brock Lesnar's career should be on the line. I still think Brock Lesnar's career should be on the line. It's just a wasted opportunity. Why not put Lesnar's career on the line? If Goldberg is tarnishing his legacy, then why not have him say, if I can't beat you, then I'm done. My legacy is over. It makes perfect sense in the story. But the match needs something because it's not a rubber match. It's not like uh, Goldberg has now beaten Brock Lesnar two times and eliminated Brock Lesnar from the Royal Rumble in short order. And, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody about it earlier this week, and they were like, well, it was a fluke, so it doesn't matter. And it's not a fluke. It's not like Goldberg small-packaged him or schoolboyed Brock Lesnar in the beginning of the Survivor Series match. He dominated him. He was too much for Brock Lesnar to handle. And then again at the Royal Rumble, he was too much for Brock Lesnar to handle. It wasn't done in a cheap way. It wasn't done in a way where Brock Lesnar made one mistake and Goldberg took advantage of it. It was done in a way where Brock Lesnar was dominated by Goldberg, which is exactly the way it should be done. Because now all of a sudden Goldberg is beatable. But the fact that Goldberg is leaving and the fact that this isn't a rubber match means that it needs something. Because even if Brock Lesnar wins... He beat a guy that was leaving anyway, and he beat a guy that has already beaten him twice. Big deal. Goldberg's still up 2-1. to one. But if Goldberg walks into WrestleMania with the Universal Championship, well then, then there's a lot to be seen here. Are we really going to see Brock Lesnar with the Universal Championship again? Does this mean he's coming back full-time? Is this going to be a repeat of the last thing we saw? And the reason Brock Lesnar as Universal Champion is so compelling is who's going to get it off him? How are they going to do it this time? Last time they did it in a way where the Money in the Bank winner got it and he didn't have to pin Brock Lesnar because he made a match into a triple threat. And to me, probably the most genius Money in the Bank cash-in ever. How do they get the title off Brock Lesnar? If Brock Lesnar leaves WrestleMania the universal champion, then you leave people scratching their heads. And you leave people going, what does this mean? Brock Lesnar's the champion again? I didn't even think he was going to be wrestling very much. I mean, if Goldberg leaves with the championship, you're going, is Goldberg coming back? Is he going to be on Raw? Is he going to defend this thing? And if either one of them has that title, Then you start wondering, how does the title come off of them? And it opens up an entire new world of possibilities. It's not just about, well, this guy will feud with the authority, and then the authority will cheat and make him champion, and then eventually the authority won't be able to cheat, and then the good guy will be champion. You know, that story's been told. We don't need it. I don't think Chris Jericho or Kevin Owens stand to benefit from the Universal Championship being on the line in their WrestleMania match. 
But the idea of the universal title being on the line between Brock Lesnar and Goldberg is a biggie. It makes it bigger. And it, and, and it, raise, it, le- it raises questions. It heightens the stakes and it raises questions. And that's what you want out of a match like that. Not just like, a, oh yeah, I guess they're going to do that again. Oh, they'll, I guess Brock Lesnar will get his revenge or they'll go, I don't know, they'll go back win, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Either way, Brock Lesnar will pop up again in six months and wrestle another big match, I suppose. I don't know. Instead of that, you've got, no. Brock Lesnar's not going to disappear from WWE TV for six months if he's the champion. He's just not. He's going to be on Raw the next night, and we're going to figure out what's going to happen. Or maybe Goldberg's going to win. And maybe he has to go on Raw the next night and surrender the championship. And then maybe there's a 32-man tournament. And then maybe, there, you know, there's so many possibilities. That's what it's all about. There's so many possibilities of things that could happen if Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar is a universal title match. You know what possibilities we're left with if Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar is not a match with anything on the line? Zero possibilities. One of them's going to win. One of them's going to lose. And we'll go home. Nothing to see here, folks. I think this is necessary. I'm hoping Goldberg wins the championship at Fastlane. But before that, we'll have Elimination Chamber. And I'd be... You know, I'll be honest. SmackDown has been fairly unpredictable and has been so good lately that I'll kind of be okay if anybody wins that Elimination Chamber because I'll be interested in seeing... Where are they going, and how are they going to get there with any of these guys, any of the six? I could see any of them in a main event match. Where are they going, how are they going to get there, and how does Randy Orton play in? If Bray Wyatt is the one winning this match, do we get to see Bray Wyatt as champion, and what's the story being told between Bray and Randy Orton? And is this the ultimate climax of this rivalry that started months and months and months ago? Is Baron Corbin going to win the Elimination Chamber? And if he does, does he go on to wrestle Randy Orton? Is he going to be that young champion? Is he going to win the title this quickly? I don't know. It's possible. Stranger things have happened. Or does John Cena keep the title? Or does The Miz finally get the title like I want? There's a lot. And and does that mean Miz versus Randy Orton? One would assume that it will either be Bray Wyatt, obviously, or, I guess maybe Baron Corbin? But probably Bray Wyatt. Unless it's just John Cena. I would say either John Cena, well, John Cena, Bray Wyatt, Baron Corbin, or AJ Styles. I would I would take The Miz and Dean Ambrose out of the equation for sure. A lot of things could happen. I'm excited about it. I hope you are too. That was this week's State of Wrestling. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Thanks again to everybody who signed on recently um, and helping those numbers go up, up, up. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Tell your friends about Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. And we'll be right back here next week to talk it all again. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.
Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.